Hey, welcome everybody to a brand new series here in OC Talk Radio, Running Toward Life. The Running Toward Life podcast features 11-time Western States Endurance Run finisher, sports journalist and author John Trent, as he talks with the world of ultra runners. Who are these people? Why do they do it? How do they do it? We're going to find out all that and more on this first episode of this new series. Welcome, John Trent. Thanks for having me. I love to talk about ultra running. Well, let's start by defining what the heck is ultra running. I have heard of other sorts of running. I've heard of 5Ks and 10Ks. That seems daunting enough. Five kilometers, 10 kilometers, however many miles that is. And then I've heard, of course, of marathons. Uh, and how far is a marathon? A marathon is 20 miles or 25 miles, something like that? 26.2. 26.2. Okay, there you go. That seems insurmountable. You, it, they train for a year or years just to push your body to run 26.2 miles. You guys in this crazy, unbelievable community of ultra runners go how far? Well, you know, the, the minute you go beyond 26.2, that next step after 26.2, <laughs> you're kind of on to the, the next new frontier. Yeah, so, right. so it's any distance from beyond the marathon distance, and it goes up to, you know, 50K, which is 31 miles, 50 miles, 100K, which is 62 miles, 100 miles. And now um, <laughs> there's even 200-mile races out what? there. Yeah. What? <laughs> Now, come on, John, I can't imagine going five kilometers, much less, you know, whatever you just, I can't imagine going five miles, much less 50 miles. The 50 is just sort of the warm-up. You're regularly running 100 miles, and now you're saying they're pushing. That's not far enough. we got to go 200 miles. How long do you have to do this? How, what's the time frame that you're allowed to do this in? Well, depending on the event, you know, it can be, um, you know, like 100 mile, uh, usually, although it varies a little bit with terrain and difficulty and altitude and things like that, usually you have about a 30 hour cutoff to do 100 miles. Um, sometimes if it's a really, really mountainous and high elevation type of event, you'll have 36 hours to complete the 100 miles. Mm-hmm. Um, the 200 mile races, it can be four or five days um, to for before you can finish. So, there's always an element of, and you know, I mean, people can go out and cover the, not that you want to really, but <laughs> if you want to just on your own, cover those types of distances without any cutoff, yeah. um, you can do that as well. But you know, the, the events that we have, there's a cutoff and, and so you have to kind of move along and you have to make sure that you're eating and drinking and, and most of all, staying in good spirits and, and telling yourself, this was a great idea when I first started. <laughs> yeah, this is a good idea. This is not a bad idea. You could give me 100 days. I couldn't run 100 miles. The, the human can't. I told my son-in-law about this. I've talked to so many people about this new series. You got me so jazzed because one of the things we always look for is a world nobody's ever seen, a world you think is impossible, science fiction, going to the moon. This, to me, feels like going to the moon. And when I told my son-in-law, these people run 100 miles in basically a day, 24 or 30 hours or something, he said, oh, come on, you're pulling my leg. You don't expect me to blame. I kept, really, they're doing this. Do you get that kind of reaction and people say, can't be done? Always. You know, that's that's usually the first reaction that, that anyone has who's, who's never really tried something like this. But, you know, what's great about it is, you know, you think about human capability and human possibility, and, and you always think that it, it doesn't really apply to me, right? You yeah. know, like, you know, you're never going to be out on those kind of outer edges. But what's great about the sport is it's it's everybody. I mean, you know, as you go out to these races, 
sure there there are the racehorses that right. are out there the 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 fine the fine tuned um, you know elite athletes right. but there's also middle of the pack back of the pack people who live everyday lives and although this is a big part of their lives they're just normal people and they find within themselves this amazing reservoir and capacity to keep going that goes well beyond what they ever ever really imagined their capabilities capabilities or possibilities were and that's kind of the magic of the sport i think i think so now I don't want to offend you, John, but you don't look like Arnold Schwarzenegger. You don't look like this big, buff, super a racehorse with, you know, giant biceps and giant legs that's capable. You look like me. You look like a regular guy. If I saw you in the street, I'd say, hey, he probably uh, spends the weekend uh, cutting the lawn and watching TV here and having a beer. This doesn't look like an extreme athlete. I've met some, we've already recorded some of these episodes. I've met some of the people. What's the oldest person that's ever, you told me somebody ran at like 70 or 80 or some crazy thing here. Oh, sure. Yeah. You know, there are people that are finishing ultras that are in their 80s right now. (sighs) And even depending on the event, if it's a timed and flat event, there are even runners who are in their, their 90s who... You know, it depends on your definition of running. Yeah, but, but they I, complete the course. They go 100 miles. Can everybody hear my jaw dropping here? And I can hear all my friends going, oh, come on. When are you going to say April Fool's? How does the human body, particularly at an advanced age, push itself to move 100 miles? I don't care if you're walking or crawling. I don't know that I could go 100 miles in a day. I just don't think it's possible. So talk about that. This is really pushing people past the point where they think they can go, right? Right. And and the body is extremely adaptable, as we know. Even as we get older, it is still adaptable. And so what you do is, you know, you don't, you know, go out the very first day and say, okay, since I'm training for a 50 miler, I'm going to go out and run 20 miles. What yeah. you do is you go out and you you run for a block and then you walk for a block and you teach yourself to run walk and then eventually that becomes a more consistent run and then you move up to like you know where there's some hills some ups and downs right and gradually the the body it receives all this information and even if you say like you have some knee problems or some ankle problems if you're smart about it and bring yourself along carefully and kind of judiciously you know, you can prepare for these events in such a way where when you get to the get to the starting line, you're going to tell yourself, you know, actually, I can go this distance I because I've taught my body how to do this. And, it, it, you know, you have to listen to your body, but it, it listens back and it, and it responds to too much too soon is, is going to send it haywire. But if, yeah. you're, if you're if you have a calm approach with it and, and be smart about it, you can build up. So I'm wondering how long it takes to get to this plateau. I hear people train for a year to do a marathon there's a running club here in uh, south orange county i forgot the name of it, but they'll they're always inviting people and, and they say it's going to take you quite a while to get up to run you're saying 26 miles here you want to go four times as far the, as that how long does it take me an average guy off the street before i'm ready to run 100 miles well i would tell you okay so i, I would say okay let's over the course of a year this is what we're going to do and it's and it's, it wouldn't be just training for one event what we would do is we'd start out and we'd find you a trail race that would be less than the ultra distance. Just so you get an idea, you have to have a feel for the trail. I mean, there's rocks, there's roots, yeah. there's mud, there's stream crossings. We're going to go into that, too, because this isn't just running on the street. I'm running, like, through the hills and stuff here. Yeah. Yeah. 
So we we first let you. And you're smiling at all of this. I I, I feel like I have a convert here. I think I have. I think I have a possibility with you here. Maybe I'm not sure. (laughs) I'm intrigued. I'm intrigued. I don't know if I could do it. What we do is we bring you out on the trail, get you a feel for the trail, and then we'd have you enter like a trail marathon and see how that would go. And you'd be training for that as well. And then. I, I can guarantee you, you'll probably be trashed after your marathon. But <laughs> yeah. a day or, this is what happens in ultra running often. A day or two after that, people invariably they think, well, you know, that wasn't that bad. If I had done this and this and the uh-huh. other thing differently, it would have been a little bit better. So I want to try again. So I would I would leverage that with you, Paul. And I'd say, hey, you know, there's this nice 50K coming up <laughs> in this beautiful place in Southern California. Yeah. You can do it. And that's part of it too. Is just the encouragement that 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 is part of this community that that really is at the heart of the the sport. People are always nobody's ever going to tell you if you if you went up to somebody and said, "Hey, I want to try an ultra." There's nobody in this community that would ever say, "No, don't do it." Yeah. They would say, "Sure, yes, you can," and then you're off to the races. And that's what I love about the people we've met so far here. They all seem pretty ordinary people. They don't seem super athletes. I'm not talking about the Avengers from Marvel Comics or something. I'm not talking about the Incredible Hulk who can do things I can't do. It makes you start to think, if they can do it, maybe I can do it. And But then the question is, no. You immediately say, no, how could I do that? How would you get started? Would you find a coach? Would you find a club? Would you go to a store, a running store or something? And who would guide you on this path? Who would take you down that trail? It's sort of like all of the above, which which you've just mentioned. It, it kind of depends on a person's personality and preferences, right? So, you know, whatever you're most comfortable with. If you're like a, if you're very regimented and you want, you know, on a scale, because I've run with many runners like this. Mm-hmm. I want to know what my workout is going to be Monday, Tuesday through Saturday. Exactly. I'm going to chart it and I'm going to track mm-hmm. it and track my progress and everything. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's and so, you know, a, coach, <laughs> a running group, all of that is really good. I take more of the approach of it's a feeling and it's, it's, it's something that, that resonates in your heart. Right. So I, I believe like, you know, with, with our running group that we have in my hometown here, Reno, Nevada, the silver state striders, mm-hmm. the very first thing that we always do is it's sort of like in kindergarten, you know, when you, when you go into a kindergarten class, there's <laughs> always the one kid who comes up to you and says, Hey, my name's Paul. My favorite color is green. Yeah. What's your name? Right. You know, so the you first thing friend. you want to do, yeah, you make a friend, be welcoming, and listen as you know the newbie explains what they want to do yeah and then you just encourage them and say hey you know i was thinking about going out you know next saturday to, the, to this place and you know if you want to if you wanted to, to kind of hang out and, and run with us you'd be more than welcome and you don't have to go the whole way if you want to go halfway and then yeah. turn around that's fine and then in that encouragement i think people find motivation to kind of fine-tune their their approach to say like okay now i need to do a little bit more of x y and z but at the beginning it's very much a feeling i think it's very much a feeling that, you know, this is something not only do I want to try, but the people who are part of it, um, I want to be with and learn something from. Mm-hmm. So what makes you want to do this? That's the obvious question. Why? Why run a hundred miles? Why push your body past the point that anybody thinks is possible? It, it's a really personal sort of um calculus i think that a lot of people have but but at the end of the day i think it all boils down to is there's something in our lives that tells us that there's a little bit more you know metaphorically i think that's something that i i it's probably a good way to live one's life just in general to keep striving to always look for the next horizon yeah and i think that's what is it really fuels ultra running is 
a lot of ultra runners, they run the 5Ks, the 10Ks, the marathons, and that's wonderful. But they, they feel like there's still something out there mm-hmm. for them. And then once you're out there, it becomes this in, incredible sort of drama you know, as you're, as you challenge yourself, you, you, you know, you get like Mike Tyson always famously said, everybody has a plan until you get punched in the jaw. Exactly. The the plan goes out the window. Oh my God. (laughs) And how do you solve those problems? How do you keep going when everything has kind of gone haywire and it's not exactly the way you wanted it to, what can you find within yourself, deep within yourself, that well that you can go down into and, and pull yourself out of that's, I think, at the core of, of what the sport is all about, that, uh, that ability to overcome challenges and obstacles and adversity and then find the finish. Yeah. To say, like, I've been through it. <laughs> I conquered all. I'm here now. It kind of reminds me of the people who climb super high mountains. There are the seven sisters, as they say, the tallest mountain on each of the seven continents. And we had a gentleman in here. He gave a talk at the, the Bowers Museum he's got to be in his 70s i think he's the oldest person to have ever done this and to have gone up including mount everest the biggest one in the world here uh and he talks about what makes he's just a i think he's like a teacher at some high school or something this isn't somebody he just he he started this path he started climbing and then he pushed himself and pushed himself what can i do more what can i go further and then he took this seriously it became sort of this constant challenge to see how far he can push himself and that moment of ecstasy when you get to the top and you say i did it it only lasts a couple of minutes because he's got to go back down but it has that same is it all about the journey and getting there or is it all about the next one and pushing yourself even farther or faster here is the journey enough or do i gotta i gotta do it even faster the next time here that's a really good question i i think it starts with the journey i think i think you discover so much about yourself and learn so many truths and you know some weaknesses as well which is which is just as important and then i think that fuels you to the next thing and it also i think it teaches you an incredible sense of humility and groundedness as well you know as as you're on this journey and you're discovering all this stuff it reminds you of how, how human we all are i remember you know many years ago i was out on a run with about four or five people all of us at one point or another had fallen down on the trail. So we're, <laughs> we're, we're covered in covered in dirt right. and mud and stuff. And I remember one of one of my one of my good friends, Lon Monroe, who's a mentor of mine, who's who's in his mid 70s now. Oh. Um, Lon turned around and looked at us and he said, look at us right now. We're kings and queens of the world. You know, nobody <laughs> else has it any better than we have it right now. <laughs> right now. Covered in dirt with bleeding because I fell on my knee or whatever here. Is there a risk to doing this? I mean, I'd, it would seem like you could push yourself too far. Or you could have a heart attack. You could fall. You could break a leg. You could do all sorts of things. This is a little dangerous, kind of like climbing mountains. This is not quite as easy as it sounds. Not just pushing yourself. There's a danger involved in it, I would think. Absolutely. And we always have to acknowledge that you have to be careful of, of many different things. You know, for example, you need to take care of yourself during these runs. You have to eat and drink. If you don't that, if you don't drink enough, it can lead to like kidney failure, you yeah. know, and you could get hyponatremic and, you know, you, you could end up in the hospital, you know, um, if, you're, if you don't take good care you of yourself. you can't just keep pushing yourself. You got to listen to your body here. It needs some fuel. It needs some water. It needs some, maybe it needs to rest for a moment here. Yeah. 
even the fastest runners have to take care of themselves or else they they could get themselves in a lot of trouble. There's that there's that factor of it. And then there's the environment. You know, um, I race direct. And so we put on a race here in Reno last weekend, the Silver State Endurance Runs. I was just scared all weekend, all week long leading into the event because uh, Saturday was going to be in the in the 90 degree range, our oh, first really, really hot yeah, weather. Right. And I was just so worried that our runners weren't going to be able to take care of themselves. They had eight stations and our eight station people were going to do all they could to take care of them. But it's incumbent upon the runner to also take care of themselves. Right. And what turned out was like a, a great manifestation of an incredible group of, you know, we had more than 250 finishers in our three races. They took great care of themselves. They were mindful of, of how they they couldn't push it and they needed to kind of back off. And not be heroes for or heroines for that day, but just get right. through the event and not end up in the hospital. And they all just did a beautiful job of that. And I'll tell you what, I'm so happy at the finish to see them all. Yeah. So how did you personally start this journey? Did you just start running? You, you liked running. And then one thing led to, like you said, I got to go a little further, a little further and see what else is out there. How did you start and how did you discover this world? Uh, it's a great question. So I, you know, I've been a runner since 1976, and you know, so you remember the year when you started this, okay? <laughs> I, I do, I do. Frank Shorter, who you know, a lot of people have the the 1972 Olympic marathon champion, who oh, a lot yeah. of people, yeah, okay, um, credit the the running boom in the United States with. You know, he was running in the 19, he had won in 72, he was running in 76. I was watching him on TV. It was inspiring to me as a teenager. So I went out and I started running. Ran in high school. I ran, you know, 5Ks, 10Ks half marathon as i got into college i ran my first marathon mm -hmm. after i graduated from college I, I moved beyond that but it wasn't until i was like in my early 30s i was a journalist here in, in reno and i was covering the western states endurance run i'd been covering it for several years as a journalist and i had, I had a golden opportunity a really good runner a guy i knew here in reno joe brandenburg asked me if i wanted to pace him you know, at Western States, mm. and I'd never run further than 26.2 miles in my life. And right. he, I paced him the final 38 miles. It was the 1995 Western States. And even though it wasn't, it wasn't an official ultra marathon, I had run further than the marathon distance by 12 miles. And I was so exhausted that Joe, who had run 100 miles, dropped me in the last cup, last mile. <laughs> I couldn't keep up with him anymore. And so that, that kind of spurred me to like, you know, how can I he do it and why can't I? And yeah. yeah. And, you know, it's funny now to think about this because I'm Joe was 51 years old at the time. And I thought, how can this old man exactly. who just run 100 miles drop me? I could do better than that. This and old so man that, just dropped me. Yeah. Behind. Yeah. So it kind of I, I was watching uh, the um, the movie with Matt Damon on uh, Amazon Prime or one of those things the other day. And it's all about, I think it's called like Shoe Dog or something like that. And it's all about the evolution of Nike and mm -hmm. Phil Knight and this passion that drove them. And of course, ultimately, it's about they propel themselves by landing Michael Jordan's contract for Air Jordans and they, they go off into the stratosphere. And they had to make that transition from being a running company to a basketball company. And everybody there was a runner. And Phil Knight's always giving these, you know, Buddhist exhortations. You must find yourself. You must go deep within yourself. And Is it that? Is it meditative? Is it because people always talk about the runner's high and the state of mind? Is it is it something you've got to put yourself mentally into as well as physically? Absolutely. I always tell every runner that I that I run with who comes out with our group that it's only about 20 percent 
percent physical and it's about 80 percent mental wow. i mean you know because because it can blow your mind otherwise i mean you know you, you'll be a few miles into a run and you won't feel good a race and you know you i still have 95 miles to go what the heck is, is am i doing here yeah you have to have you have to take it mile by mile. You cannot right. allow yourself to get it. And that leads to kind of like a similar thing to what you're talking about. Living where, in the moment, just one mm-hmm. step at a time, f- focusing on your breath, fo- not focusing on what's where I'm going or how long it's, I've still got to go. It's a it's a very meditative. It's like yoga or Zen or whatever. You kind of get yourself centered and focus on all these things and you try and block out everything else. But what you're doing. Right. And it's wonderful because in the world that we live in today, there are so many different other, oh. you know, there are so many distractions and challenges. It's nice, actually, to to know that, you know, that's I'm what looking you're at seeing. the clock and do it. I can't sit still and just look at you. I got to keep thinking about, you know, what's happening here. We're all in that moment. And it must be nice to find everybody says it's peaceful. I will tell you, full disclosure, many, many years ago, when I was in my early 30s, I lived in the Hollywood Hills. I was an entertainment publicist. I handled Johnny Mathis. You said Johnny was actually known as a great track star. I knew that from what was it, San Jose State, or I think, or wherever he was. San Francisco State, yeah. San Francisco yeah. State, that was it, yes. And uh, I think then they named the track after him, I think, or something, or the field or something. Yeah. So people wouldn't know that about Johnny Mathis, but that's how he started in life. And he was quite, a, I think he was very successful. I think, I don't think he went to the Olympics, but he did lots of other things. Anyway, so I live in the hills, and I said, I got to get better exercise. And I got to push myself, so I started walking through the hills, and then I just started jogging a little bit. Pretty soon, I had it took me a year, so suddenly I'm running up and down these hills. It was a couple of miles, and my friends mm-hmm. were always amazed. One of them one tried to go longer than me. He says he couldn't keep up with it. People don't think of me as like a super athlete, so he thought I, he was a big tough guy. I can beat this guy at anything, you know. But you do have to sort of pace yourself and put yourself in a condition, and it is more than just being physically able to do it because. It starts to hurt or it starts to, you, your body immediately wants to pull back and say, why am I doing this? How do you push past that? How do you get into that zone, that runner's zone? I used to find it was sort of a point, And once you get past it, there is sort of a zone where it gets easier. I don't know why. There is. I've, I found as I've gotten older, it takes a while. <laughs> yeah, it takes a little longer. It's a little further out. You know, you'd, yeah, you'd be like, yeah, within 10 minutes. Now it, it takes me a half hour, 45 minutes, if not a little bit longer. But what you do is you just try to remind yourself of why you're out there, you know, and, and why you're out there, it, it shouldn't, I mean, it is work, but it shouldn't feel like work. It right. should be, it should, you should feel like I need to be here right now. Um, this is a beautiful spot. A lot of people and that's what you realize when you go to a trailhead, you know, there's all these cars parked there at that trailhead. And for the first mile and the last mile back, you're going to see almost every single one of those people that, are, that were in those cars. Mm-hmm. But it's that ne- the, those miles after that first mile, and that last mile, where there's hardly anybody there. And that's that's the privilege. And that's the wonder. And that's the beauty of, of what we do is to, to get to that sort of those miles beyond the obvious miles where we're either with friends or by ourselves. And we're, we're seeking that that moment where this is all that matters, this beautiful trail, these these beautiful scenes, yep. this this idea that we're making ourselves better and, and more present. Well, that's why we do. I've never done transcendental meditation or anything like that but people say it does transcend you take you somehow go to another and it's hard to explain until you do it but you get once you get past the pain and the and the, and it's i'm feeling tired and and i'm wondering and i'm worrying at some point you just fall into this rhythm and everything sort of falls away and then you can absorb you can 
you can observe the, the little birds and butterflies and the sights and the sounds. I don't know. Somehow there is something. I just experienced in a little tiny bit. I could see possibly what it's like to push yourself to the point where you, you really are in a almost a meditative state here. You're just focused on breathing and next step and next step and 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 where I, I can't step on this. I got does it get that immediate? Does it get that just? I'm in this moment right now. Absolutely, yeah. You're just all that all that you see. You know, it's sort of like that. Even though it's a, Al Pacino in in the movie on any given Sunday has a great sort yeah. of speech at the end where he gathers all the players in the locker room and football. He tells he's them, talking about football here. Yeah, right. Yeah, he's talking talking about football but this is you know i think about life and ultra running and everything else he was saying all that matters and he you know he puts his hand up like it's the face mask all that matters is that six inches in front of your face yes i always think about that when i'm out on the trail where that's you know we have all these looming deadlines and all this stuff that we have out there that we have to Rocks, deal with every hurdles, day. obstacles everything here yeah and everything kind of it just becomes so much smaller when you're out running where it's just it's all about just what's right in front of you on the trail and that's that's what really kind of sucks people in is this idea that everything compresses time yeah deadlines everything else where it's it's just right in front of you well we're going to put this right in front of everybody here we're going to expose you to a world you've never seen before and i'll trust you you're going to want to hear some of these stories particularly amazed by a couple of them where they say that you had some woman on uh, one of the episodes we pre-taped and she said, well, now I'm running in my 60s. And I sort of thought to myself, is there anything different? I know? Should I be a little more careful? Something I should think about? My first thought is because I'm in my 60s. Yeah, maybe you shouldn't be doing this in your 60s here. Maybe this is beyond your... And she's just... That doesn't occur. You've got such a passionate, dedicated group of people. And, and you talk about it so matter-of-factly. That's what I think people find fascinating. This to you isn't extraordinary anymore. This is every day. This is what we do. And it's kind of like listening to Navy SEALs talk or something. You know, I did, I, really? People do what? They did this? Or climb Mount Everest like everybody does this? It seems so beyond our human capability. But you show what humans are capable of, each and every one of these stories. It's amazing. I hope people will listen to the whole series. I think they will be amazed. I've been amazed so far. And that's why I said we got to go back and i got to at least share some of this stuff. I still can't believe it. I still got to see it. And I don't, still don't know if I could do it. But you got me intrigued. Maybe. Maybe. If he can do it, I can do it. Maybe. Well, thanks. Where did they find out information about organizations and the overall races like this Western, what's it called? The Western States? Western uh, States. Yeah. So, you know, if, if you wanted to go to Western States website, it's WSER.org is one. You know, again, if you're whatever community you're a part of, you know, I can guarantee you that there's a trail running group out there. And all you got to do is, is is search online, probably on Facebook or Instagram. There are folks out there doing stuff. Right. And just, you know, just go on out there. And if you're like with, with our group here in Reno, with the Silver State Striders, you know, again, we'll just ask you what your favorite color is and my name is and let's go. <laughs> and I'd be remiss if I didn't mention that because you're a journalist, you've been tracking this for a number of years and you've got a book coming out. It's sort of what a coffee table book that sort of guides people through this and pictures and prose. You, you sort of walk people through the, this story somehow here. So tell us about the book, and because I think this will lead them to one. I'm going to listen to it because I can't believe it. And when I start to believe it, then I'm going to want to see it. And before I run out and find one of these things, I think I want to see some of these people and see if I can see myself in that picture here. Yeah. So it's about well, the book. 
Sure. Yeah. So through the great book, the great book group, um, Broad Books, there's actually, you know, two books. There's the Second Sunrise, which is five decades of history at the Western States Endurance Run. That's a that's a history book, which is just coming out or will be coming out here pretty soon. Mm-hmm. And it details kind of the origin of, of the world's what I think is the most prestigious 100-mile uh, trail run in the world and right. tells the history of that. And I also have a collection of, of personal essays called Running Toward Life, which chronicles a number of the really special people that I've been lucky to know in my life mm-hmm. in, in ultra running who have helped make me a better person because they're good people. And it, that's the thing about ultra running, Paul, is ultra running makes you ultimately open your heart. And that's wow. what I learned from wow. people um, as as I've been an ultra runner. And that's the heart is definitely a part of Second Sunrise, and it it certainly is what drives. And the Second forward. Sunrise meeting that w- during a race you start at sunrise, you go through the night to the next sunrise. It's a twenty four hour period that you go that you experience. So you're out there in the dark. Yeah, you're out there with with flashlights and. <laughs> Oh, you know, my God. Like a, a few years ago, I was running with my daughter at the Wasatch 100 in the, in the Wasatch Mountains in Utah, and there was, there was a moose standing <laughs> in the middle of the trail <laughs> going, looking at us. What going, are you doing here? I don't run 100 miles. I'm a moose. Uh, one other thing I just got to mention, uh, we're going over a minute or two here, is there are some cultures where running is part of the culture. I, and you mentioned it. I think I've read about it before. Isn't there some group in of uh, indigenous people, of Indians, some sort. I don't know if that's the correct term, but in Mexico, a tribe, because they travel long distances, or in Kenya, they always say that the certain groups, that's why these guys come over and can do ultra runs, because they've been running long distances their whole life. To go from one village to the next, up and over the hill, that's what they do all the time. Am I correct in that? Are there, are there cultures where running is part of the culture? Absolutely. The Tarahumara, uh, they live in the Copper Canyon area That's of it, Mexico. Canyon, right. um, and, and they go way, way back. I mean, you know, they're, they're a, a much of much of their lives have been predicated on, you know, they were they were the first great hunters and gatherers, um, probably in terms of covering great distances and and kind of forging the way of what we do today. Um, and to and, go from one place to another, they didn't walk, they didn't ride a horse, they ran. They ran men and women, you know, the the women in the culture as much as the men. That's kind of one of the the great origin stories of the sport is they were in a lot of ways, the first great ultra runners of, mm-hmm. and the, and um, the Tarahumara continue to, to run great distances. Like for example, in 1995, when I paced my friend, Joe Brandenburg, a number of Tarahumara runners were in that race. And go. it's just, I got to tell you, it's, it's a mystical experience to see those athletes cover ground. I mean, it's, you know, they're just in, incredibly graceful, just inspiring to, to see. A couple of them passed my friend Joe in the night, and we pra- we, 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 we kind of passed them later on. Right. It was, it was something that's always stayed with me forever. Because for them, this is normal. For us, it's very unnormal. It's very exceptional. Well, you're an exceptional advocate for the sport. You guys all seem so positive and happy. And I think, what are they drinking? They're not drinking anything. They're just running. They're inhaling life. They're running towards life. We're running away from something half the time or we're ready to stop and just hold on. I don't want to go anywhere. I just want to stay right here, right now, this second here. But you're running towards life, and I hope people will run to listen to this because it's an amazing story. I'm thrilled that you're that we're uh, able to tell this story, and I urge people to tune in and find it when we start releasing it and to go check out the books. Any site for it or anything yet here? Any place that we can go and hear this? Is there, I guess there will be a Running Towards Life uh, podcast site for this eventually here. 
Yeah, if, if folks just generally go to to, to Broad Book Press, um, all all of the um, all, both my books are are there, and I I have to thank you know um, Jennifer Dorsey and Vanessa Campos of Broad Books who are just fantastic. I mean they 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 brought you to us. Uh, we do a show with them about uh, called yeah. the Pub Date, all about uh, publishing books, and these book broads, as they like to call themselves, they have a broad range of topics that they cover in some fascinating stories here. Well, thank you so much for coming on and explaining this, because I just felt if people just drop in and listen to you guys talking about, oh, yeah, you ran 100 miles. Yeah, and I did this. And you just talk about it so matter-of-factly. I think people are going to either not believe it or think, oh, my God, this is like some strange group. This is a cult. I can't belong to this. I don't know what this is. I don't know what they're drinking or how they're doing this. But this is a really a group of people that have found a natural high, as we used to say in the 60s or 70s here. It seems like that. It seems like going someplace other people haven't been, and you're always smiling, all you guys. So you're onto something here. Thanks so much, John Trent, for telling us about this. And uh, we look forward to tuning in more to hear each and every episode on the Running Towards Life podcast. Right here in Orange County's only community radio station, OC Talk Radio, streaming live from our studios here at the University of California, Irvine's Beale Applied Innovation Center.